Welcome to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green, where you'll discover actionable strategies to help your student to reach their academic goals, to excel at standardized testing, and to plan for the college admissions process painlessly. And now, here's your host, Dr. Stephen Green. Hello, everybody. Steve Green, the success doctor. And you know, if you have listened to this podcast, I get very excited when I have a guest on, especially a highly qualified, exciting guest. Welcome, Regina Rosa Celeste. Good morning, Steve. How are you? I'm doing great. Regina runs us, uh, joins us all the way from sunny Miami. Yeah, just outside of Miami. Yeah, the uh, the power of the internet. You know, it's yes. like we're right next door to each other. Uh, Regina is... Uh, what, what do you want to call you? A, a internal, what, 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 would be, what would you say your title is? So I'm often affectionately called the internal peace revolutionist. Internal peace revolutionist. So they might be asking the question, how is this going to help parents and help students with their academics? Such I'm a gonna, good question. Excellent question. The question of the day, I'm going to answer it right away. A calm, relaxed, focused student is a more productive student. It enables you to study better. It enables you to show what you know better on a test, especially a high stakes test, like something like the SAT or a final. And Regina is here to help you with some tools to get these skills. So let me just kind of bring this in here by telling you about her a little bit. She's an international speaker, best-selling author and recovering perfectionist. Yes. Commonly known as the internal peace revolutionist, she specializes in speaking, coaching, and teaching skills of internal peace. Conscious-minded men and women hire her to support them in getting unstuck out of their quicksand that they feel their business and personal lives are in. Knowing each individual is responsible for her own happiness and fulfillment, Regina specializes in teaching tools of lasting transformation and helping people create results that stick. Changing the world and how the world experiences peace with over 50 plus tools and techniques. She equips her clients and students to empower themselves for lasting change. She knows teaching the people tools of inner peace would impact and believes each person is responsible for their own happiness in the world. By creating more inner peace, there's more abundance in the world, more wealth available, and an opportunity to create greater health and deeper connection with each individual's life mission and purpose, creating more sustainable and inner peace collectively. Ooh, that's a mouthful. A mouthful. <laughs> so what, what, let, let, let's kind of sum that up. How, could you restate that in like one sentence? What, what would be your core, yes. core message to uh, the parents and the students and the make the grade audience out there? Absolutely. It's all about self-responsibility. And my true belief is that when we each get radical about our own internal peace and our own happiness, we can really, we, we are changing the world by doing that because we're not looking for outside sources to make us happy. Like, you know, for example, um, with, with parenting, you know, parenting is a tough job and I think it can be <laughs> very <would> challenging <laughs> when you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm not a, a parent per se, but I, I, of course, I think we all have areas of our lives where we feel like we're parenting or we're being parented. And I think at the end of the day, it's very important to have respect for our parents and also to have respect for our kids, 
right? Mm -hmm. uh, because there's always something to learn. And so if you're a parent listening, I think it's really helpful to know that there are resources available to support you and to support your children. Because if they're happy in school and they're getting good grades, it's a reflection of their, my, my experience is that when kids are excelling in school, it's because they have very abundant lives and they're feeling supported in life. Mm. So, I mean, my, my intuitive knowing, right, or belief is that a, a kid doesn't matter if they're little or if they're college age, nobody really wants to fail in school. Oh. It's not like anybody mm -hmm. raises their hand and says, hey, I want to be a failure when I, wait, when I grow up, <laughs> right? So right. if there's a learning disability or some challenge, it's a challenge because they don't know how else to do it or they're not motivated to do it. Right. We don't want to say they're lazy, uh, absolutely. but they're not. Motivated. Well, you know what I find Let, let's the educational system is what it is. It focuses on academics, right? Learning how to read, learning how to do math, uh, learning how to maybe a foreign language history. It, it's subject and information based. Uh, one of the complaints I get a lot is, well, sure, they teach all this stuff, but they don't teach kids how to manage their time. Or they don't teach mm. children how to study. So my kid, you know, the smart, quote unquote, smart kids kind of figure it out on their own and the rest are just left to kind of do it. But another thing they don't teach at all, and maybe it isn't even the appropriate place to do it in a school, is self-esteem. And, and some schools are addressing this now, but it's very recent. Um, personal accountability, uh, you know, look, nobody goes through life without problems, right? So I think I, I, I'm probably going to get the saying wrong, but it, it isn't the problem. It's how you deal with it or something like that, or it's how you react or I don't know, help me if I'm saying it even close. No, you're saying it right. <laughs> yeah. It's not what happens to us. It's how there there you go. It. See, this is why you're, this is why you are here, Regina, to, to, <laughs> to set the record straight. So what, what I really want people to get out of today's uh, conversation are, are some tools or, or some ways of thinking where, you know, a child, like, you know, a 13 year old, 12 year old, 15 year old, they got a lot going through their mind. They got a lot thrown in their lives, especially in the last couple months. It, where would you say, where would you say this would start? What would be the first step that a parent could take or, or maybe an older child could take on their own to kind of get them on this path of, of, of more, maybe I'm going to call it for lack of a better, better term, inner control. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very appropriate. Like when you said you're not sure if it's an appropriate place to start, I think it's critical, right? Like, Personally, when kids, and I taught kids, I, I taught Montessori kids uh -huh. all the way up to middle and high school. So I didn't teach them in, you know, regular everyday class, right? But I, as a yoga teacher, I would go in and I teach them yoga practices and, and tools. And what I find is that children and older kids, they're not, they're not wanting to act out for the sake of acting out. Huh. It's usually... They are challenged at whether it's at home or internally, right? Like you said, self-esteem issues. It's a battle that they're having inside of themselves, which is 
inherently showing up out outwardly, right? So whether it's showing up in poor grades or they're skipping classes or they're doing, you know, whatever is preventing them from doing well in school, it's because they haven't built up a strong enough system around them, whether it be um, classmates, right? Like that's why I love sports, right? I'm not, a, I'm not an athlete per se. I don't think of myself as an athlete, but I think extracurricular activities are super important and especially even now, right, when the world looks very different than it used to, it's really important even for homeschooled kids to have that interaction with other kids because it helps with cognitive conditioning and also with um, societal connection. Like it's a sociology and a psychology mm. conversation. Is Are the students feeling, are the kids feeling uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Include included, right? Are they feeling included in society? Are they feeling included in their in their communities? Do they have friends? Do they have a social uh, network? Right? It could be two friends. Doesn't matter the quantity. It's do they feel supported? And if they don't feel supported, I think it's really, really a dis. It's it's a missing link that I think people forget about, and. It's so important, I think, because if a child or, or adult kid doesn't feel heard or seen, they're going to they're gonna validate not being heard or seen by not showing up, which is where I believe the low grades come in or the skipping school or the not caring. They just, they get like apathetic and they just kind of give up, right? But it's not, they're giving up because they want to give up. They're giving up because they feel hopeless. Because they feel like they're not smart enough or they feel like they aren't good enough, right? Which is, those are worthiness conversations. And as adults, we have that too, right? It's not like, you know, we get to 12th grade and then it's well, right. it. It's not like you like, leave your baggage oh. at the graduation of high school. Right. Yeah. And sometimes it, it even gets more confusing for people as they get older, right? Like you get to graduation and how many times... You know, you look in the mirror and you're like, now what? <laughs> Steve Green here, the uh, success doctor with my guest, the internal, make sure I get this right, internal peace revolutionist, Celeste, uh, Regina Rosa Celeste. L let me bring up two things. Let me bring up two things. And I want to hear your opinion about both. In my world, which is academics, most people's standard of success is grades. I don't want to say all because there's no absolutes, but I think generally if a kid comes home with A's and mostly B's or B's mostly A's, whatever, parents are going to say, Hey, the kid's fine. You know, I'm not going to worry about it. Um, and then, so I think some of the, uh, let's call for lack of better terms, psychological things that might be going on are, are just not a concern until they spike it out of normal. And, and I think, so that's usually a standard where it kind of makes everything better. You know, it's like, like, you know, okay, the kid's getting good grades. So what if he's this? So what if they're that? So if they don't have any friends, da, da, da. and I think in some cases, issues are, may surface later, or they're sort of boiling under the surface a little bit. Right. And I think the other side of this is, is, is a kind of a peer pressure thing. Because I've seen situations, I could, I could give you one case study where I had a student 
who was unhappy with their parents. The kid actually wanted to move out of their house. Okay. I'm, I'm, there's a lot to this. I'm not, we don't need to get into the details. Was angry at the parents, wanted to move out. It was a really bad situation. I got brought in to help with academics. Well, the kid was basically failing on purpose, literally writing incorrect answers on purpose, even when they knew the right answers, because he knew it was push the parents' buttons. It would just make the parents angry. Well, by doing this, actually, sort of ironically, sort of increased uh, his cool factor with other kids. You know, here's this kid, you know, he's failing. Hey, that's kind of cool because in a way there's this weird psychology. It's okay to do bad if you're sort of cool with it, if this makes any sense at all. You know, we're talking about middle school, high school. So I'd like to hear your viewpoint on, you know, take sort of, I want to be careful what word I use. I'm going to say de-emphasizing grades as the standard of success. Like in the same way that a lot of people in business only gauge money as the standard of success, right? There's a lot of rich people who are unhappy. Yeah. There's a lot of very happy people that yeah. don't have a lot of money. Um, but I think, so I want to get your opinion about that and then how you might counsel a parent or really even a student on how to deal with the peer pressure of, oh, you know, it's not cool to take care of yourself or it's not cool to meditate or, you know, some, something like that. I know they're two not exactly overlapping ideas. But I think they both contribute, at least I've seen in many, many years of working with students and families, to a, a dysfunctional performance. So what do you think about both well, of Well, I think um, it's very interesting because like, it makes me think of the, um, so I grew up in the 80s. Like I was born in 81, so I'll be 40 next year. And I the hair, the big hair remember- era. The big no, hair I, era big know, for, hair, for those of exactly. us, you know, who lived through the eighties, <laughs> yes. still, it's still, that, and here's hair. the funny thing. The big hair era is back <laughs> with the no haircut COVID look. Anyway. So you grew up in the eighties. Yes. Everything, Everything cycles, cycles right? around 30 years, whatever, 40 years later, I got big hair again. Anyway, go, go on. It's true. Yeah. And so I remember the dare, we had the dare campaign, which was all about Stand off of drugs. Um, yeah stay off of drugs and, and, you know, really like teaching kids to, you know, stay away from drugs. And I thought that was super cool. Like I remember the ads and they were, they started with like very kind of stoic ads and then they came out like it more into like um, sort of scared straight thing and then, well, then they've eventually evolved to the scared straight and all that sort of stuff. But anyway, go on. Yeah. And there mm-hmm. was all these different versions, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I remember, um, they even had like Scooby-Doo on some of them. And, and so all these different, you know, things that we used to grow up with as like ways to remind us and kind of connect with us. And what I remember about that was they made it really clear to me in, in, in the marketing and advertising that it wasn't cool to be a failure and that like being smart was cool. Right. And like, even nowadays, like, um, like I don't wear glasses. I have, uh, I had LASIK surgery done, but I used to wear glasses like yourself, like for many, many years. Right. I think since I was four, right. For, uh, fourth grade, I got glasses the first time. And I thought I was such a dork because I had glasses right now. I love glasses. Like I literally bought a pair of glasses for aesthetics, like for cosmetic, because they're just cool. Right. So 
this whole idea that people have, they're just societal, almost like, uh, what's the word? Like tattoos, mm. like temporary tattoos. So I think the question becomes is what are we teaching the kids? And as parents, like what are, what is it that parents need to know that it's safe to have these conversations with your kids? Because your, your kids are going to be taught different things outside of the house. And that's why inside the house, it's so imperative to teach them, I feel, good values of, and, and what is good, right? Then it comes, so what is good, what mm -hmm. is bad? At the end of the day, even a parent who's, and I'm just going to be extreme here for a moment, even a parent who's not a great parent, and they themselves are, let's say, on drugs and doing their best, right? By, by societal norms, that's not a good parent. But if that parent is doing the best they can and that parent is trying to go to work and, and obviously has an issue and has, you know, their own challenges that they have to deal with, that kid is going to need extra support, which is why I think it becomes a community, I don't want to say problem, but that's why it's so important for like parents and friends of parents, parents, right? Like I remember I couldn't go to a, a, a friend's house unless my parents had met their parents at least once, sometimes three times because my parents, my mom was super strict and she was like, no, like you're not allowed to go to, you know, Susie's house until I meet her parents three times. And as a kid, I was like screaming and yelling and, you know, I was pissed, right? Now I'm like, thank you. Thank you so much. So, so kids, if you're listening, you know, like no know that your mommy and daddy love you and that's why they're giving you rules. And then parents, do not be afraid to set boundaries. Kids need boundaries. Point, period, end of story. Like you don't want to be a tyrant, right? And you don't want to give them unreasonable parenting. But I think it's really, really important. Like my parents, my mom was super controlling as a kid, but I think I turned out all right. I mean... There's, of course, things that I've had to undo, you know, like all of us. But, um, but I think it's really important as well. And I, I don't want to sound like I'm speaking from two sides of my mouth, but I do want to emphasize that also in the same breath, trust that, trust that kids are intuitive and trust that kids know that we, they, they know more, I think, than sometimes we give them credit for. Yeah, I, th I think that's, that's, there's always that balance, very delicate. Yeah. And of course it's age appropriate. You're not going to let a six year old, you know, do whatever they want. But as a child right. gets older, particularly 16, 17, 18, when they're on the cusp of going off to college, where you're going to have to let go. I mean, assuming they live at college. Um, let me ask it this way. If I'm a parent, and my only standard of judgment is how well my kid does in school based on their grades. Okay. And a kid comes home with a bad grade, um, which can happen. It's not always purposeful or whatever. Um, it, what, what tools in terms of the internal peace or whatever, what, what, what would you suggest? Let's say the reason the kid is struggling is because, you know, they study, they study, do all the right things. They go into the test and they just freeze up. They just, and this happens, you know, call it test anxiety, call it whatever you want to call it. Uh, they just can't get the information out or maybe they can't work quickly enough. I hear that a lot from my caseload. 
I knew everything, but there was 80 questions and we had 50 minutes to do it. I ran out of time on question 58 or whatever. Um, are there any simple, I mean, you know, yoga, whatever these breathing, these are lifelong potential practices, meditation, right? But is there something simple, um, or, but yet powerful, something somebody could do consistently to help them overcome these sort of things or at least ameliorate them? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And I mean, I've seen it, right? I've seen it. And that's why I'm so passionate about working with kids as well as adults is I see what yoga and meditation and even just simple, simple breathing techniques can do. Like it reduces anxiety, reduces stress, actually builds self-confidence, builds um, spatial as well as cognitive awareness, right? Like how many times something happens and you just say, oh, I just, I just felt it. And and your intuition, right. Right. And, and all of that is because when, when we can quiet the noise around us, we can actually tap into our higher self, which is the self that most of us want to be right. But we, for whatever reason, we have limitations or we have blocks and fears and insecurities and doubts that's the stuff that keeps us from being our higher self because the higher self is always there. The higher self is the one that says, I'm going to ace this test. I'm going to do really well. Mm -hmm. And then there's this other little part that says, no, you didn't study enough. No, you're stupid. No, you failed the last test. What makes you think? It's almost like the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other shoulder sort of thing. Yeah. So there's, there's some really simple techniques. Like I, actually offer um, a free three-step process and you know i'd be delighted to share that with with your audience and anyone listening today so tell, tell us know, about this gift. what would the three steps be so three steps are and i you know i have this on audio so if anyone um forgets it's okay just let me know and then i'll share that with you the first step of course is um recognizing right so let's say something happens and you know you you see your grade right you get the test and there's a big f on it and you get upset, of course, or you don't care and you, you know, pretend like you don't care. You th- grab the piece of paper and you pick it up and you crumple it in a ball and you find the first wastebasket. I want to throw it in there. So in that moment, when you get the test and you see the grade, you have a choice, right? So this, the first step is stop and reflect. Write these down. <laughs> So you stop and reflect and you ask yourself, how important is this? And then the second step is you ask yourself, okay, how important is this? And then you actually get to choose in that moment, do I want to hold on to this or do I want to keep it? And when I say this, I mean the feeling. The emotion. Do you? The emotion, exactly. Do you want to stay upset or do you want to find a solution to change the situation? And then the third is you let go. So the third is letting go, right? And you can choose to let go of the idea of perfection, right? You can choose to let go of the idea that you're a failure because passing or failing a test and even that word, like I, I, I'm challenged with that word failure, right? Like when they say in school, pass or fail, like 
Right. There's got to be a continuum just, somewhere, right? Yeah. Nobody is an absolute failure where they know absolutely zero. Right. And so going back to, you know, um, even Michael Jordan, right? Like he's a great example. And there's thousands of people, even this past weekend, you know, Steve and I, we were speaking at an event. One of the topics I spoke about was saying yes. And some of the greatest quote unquote failures in society that started out as failures actually became some of the most successful people that we know, like Michael Jordan, Walt Disney World. Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein, right? These are people that were told that they were stupid. They were dumb. They were lazy. They were mount anything. Yeah, they weren't going to mount anything. Uh, Bill, um, not Bill, uh, Steve Jobs was fired from his own company. I mean, unceremonious. How does that happen? You know, like (laughs) I never really understood that even in the movie. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Let me, let me tell you a story about me and I teach, this is my job, right? My career. When I uh, moved to Pennsylvania, I had, I lived in New Jersey and I had to get a driver's license in Pennsylvania. So I go to the DMV center and I walk in, I need Pennsylvania driver's license. So they said, well, you know, go over there and take the test. I thought they were talking about the driving test. At that point, I've been driving like seven or eight, probably 10 years. Well, no, they wanted me to take what was now, what was then called the written test. Okay. Were you actually, you know, how many feet from a stop sign do you slow down and you know uh how many car lengths should be behind a car going 50 miles an hour and uh you know what 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 does this sign mean all these esoteric questions that frankly once you start driving nobody really cares about so i go over and and it was on a computer they had just brought computers into this test center and i i forget the exact numbers but i think it was like there's 25 questions you had to get at least 21 right or something like that but as soon as you got the fourth or fifth question wrong they basically booted you out so it wasn't like you got to finish the test and get your score well i think i got my fifth one wrong on the 16th question <laughs> so it was a personal you, you talk about this you know stop and you know reflect it was a personal humiliation here i am like a test prep expert failing a test miserably on something i probably should have known i knew how to drive i drove home mm. <laughs> from the test center but i could, so you know what i did which is exactly one of the solutions here was i went over i got the book you know how to pass the test i read the book i came back i think it was five days you had to wait to do it and there was very specific information that you needed which i learned deal, dealt with took the test passed and then pretty much just forgot because or because you don't care about it but the three steps that you outlined i i i think are very appropriate you got to base put it into you basically put it into perspective absolutely then you have to either let it go or uh, assimilate it or kind of deal with it and then just say hey look it's time for the next thing um let's talk about let me give you a scenario and you you give us a suggestion. I'm going to give you a couple. I'm a kid. Let's say I'm in eighth grade. I'm a decent math student. I studied. I'm feeling like 90% confident. I walk into the test room and now I'm all of a sudden getting a little bit of anxiety. What can I do? Is it just a matter of stopping, trying to calm your mind, taking 10 deep breaths or yeah, what would totally. you say to this? What would you say to this person? Yeah. I mean, 10 breaths is great. And they, you know, I, it's funny because even this morning, in my teaching, uh, I offer a, a free meditation series that I do, or meditation and yoga every day, Monday through Friday, and 8.15 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And so 
somebody messaged me late last night and I woke up to the message and it was all about breathing. And she was saying, I've been having a hard time breathing lately. And I thought, okay, got it. So today's meditation was all about breathing. And it was super simple. We just did, you know, a couple deep breaths in, a couple breaths out. And it literally, even just a count of 10 breaths, even five breaths, you don't even. It, need I mean, to is it just that simple? Just like going. I mean, you know, for you know, a 13, 14 year old who may not be as in tune with their, uh, I don't know what we want to use, inner mind or whatever, but is, is there something, you know, specific you could tell them? Like breathe in, uh, is there some pattern to it or anything? I mean, it, it, I think the more simple, the better. So like literally breathe in, breathe out. Hold it, just bang. And that just calms everything down. Yeah. Just takes it down a notch or two. And I mean, the truth is, is it might, it might take a couple rounds, right? Like everybody's different. Like if somebody is, and this is a, maybe not a great example, but let's say somebody just is in the middle of a, of a fight, right? Mm -hmm. Like a, a brawl and you know, you're on the laptop, on the blacktop and somebody's in the middle of a fight. It's going to take you maybe 40 rounds of in and out right, before right. it actually does something, but it will do something. 1000%. Like I almost, I, I haven't yet, but I've thought about saying that these three steps I guarantee will work or your money back <laughs> because I'm so <laughs> confident that they work and they will work because there is nothing, 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 nothing. Even if somebody, God forbid, has, I don't want to use even that example in this, in this, you know, conversation, but if some, like like a real medical yeah issue like or somebody something. has a gun to your head like god forbid like right even just those so it's something that's not right. typical certainly yeah. in a school hopefully. like even if it's right. not something typical that still that breathing will calm your mind and it let me let me go ahead just just ahead. the the like importance I, of knowing that you have control over yourself is everything right that's the key i think is the control let me give you a second scenario i hear a lot from my students and this is more like the high school. I go into the test and I'm on a roll. I'm feeling good. I get question one, two, three, four, eight, twelve. All of a sudden, question fifteen, I can't answer, and I all of a sudden go into this like I, everything stresses up. Um, now, now they're in the middle of the test. They don't have that five or eight, whatever minutes to kind of get ready. Same advice: just back off, calm it down. Uh, is it really the same process? It's just a matter of being mindful to do yeah. it. And that's the hardest part. Like even that's what I even shared this morning was it's so easy that it's easy not to do it. Mm -hmm. Those it's are so, simple. so simple. Like if we don't brush our teeth every day, our teeth get pretty gnarly, right? Our breath gets yucky. <laughs> yeah, well. Like our teeth, teeth <laughs> don't do well, right? Like imagine br brushing our teeth is pretty simple, right? But for, for a four-year-old who's just learning how to brush their teeth, it hurts, Sure. right? right. So think huh. of it like brushing your teeth. Just because you breathed yesterday or you took a shower doesn't mean you're not going to do it today, right? But it's really, right. it's really easy to forget. Like even somebody who's, who's not physically well and might be in bed, breathing is possible. If, if they're able to breathe, right? If they're not hooked up to machines and stuff like the right. breath, yeah. 
it's our life force. It's our, it's, it's the one tool that we don't have to pay for. We don't have to service, right? We don't have to take it to the shop to get fixed. Everybody, Everybody has, has available like, to them. If you're alive, you have breath, right? And even somebody who's compromised, huh. like, and, and it's funny because like as an adult, like, I don't know why today this is so relevant for me, but as an adult, it's very, uh, it's very, especially as we get older, it's so much easier to forget these simple tools because life gets challenging. Life gets chaotic. We have to pay bills. We have to do all these things. So parents, like if you're breathing and then you start teaching your kids to breathe, like you'll be cooking dinner and you just start taking a few full breaths as you're cooking dinner. And let's say your kid walks into the kitchen. Hey mom, what are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm cooking dinner breathing, and I'm breathing. Right. <laughs> and that becomes a conversation like, well, how do you breathe? You just breathe, just breathe in and exhale. And you can feel it. Like right now I can feel my lungs stretching. I can feel my chest opening. I can feel more energy and it's so, so subtle, but it's like, wow. It's like, watching a, 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 a flower bloom, you know? Mm. And when we think of breathing like that, it, it just, it totally like melts my heart. And I don't, obviously I don't want to get like sentimental on the, on the call, but I think that. No, but you're obviously passionate about what you're teaching. Yeah. And, and it's mostly because I feel like it's something that is so easy and, and we, myself included, right? Like we go and we do all these things. We buy all these gadgets and do hickeys and, you know, this is going to make you better and this is going to make you better. And it does. And we have this innate tool inside of our bodies called breath. And when someone, God forbid, is on their deathbed, what is, that, what is it that they want? They want another breath. Interesting. Right? So when we can be in a state of true gratitude, like, you know, the only reason we get stressed and we get anxiety is because our breath actually gets compromised and then we start to have shallow breathing. That's where anxiety and panic attacks come from. So if you're hmm. in the middle of a test and you're freaking out, start breathing. Remember, it's just a test. So the basic tool... I mean, we're, what we focused on the way this conversation evolved is to be conscious of your breath, to use that as a tool. And I think that's an appropriate, simple term to, you know, reduce your stress level, reduce your anxiety level, whether it's pre-test, post-test, or really whenever it's appropriate. Uh, Steve Green here, the success doctor. I am talking to the internal peace revolutionist, Regina Rosa Celeste, and let me make a quick mea culpa here. I was very stressed about this conversation. I was very nervous. I, uh, I, I had to do seven deep breaths wow. <laughs> before we hooked up today. That's, not, that's actually not true, but it would have really helped because <laughs> there's just a lot. Listen, there's a lot going on right now. If Whenever people listen to this, we are right in the middle, mid, and who even knows of this whole COVID-19 mess. Uh, everybody's out of whack. Um, let, let, let's do a couple things, then we're going to wrap this up. Number one, every day, Monday to Friday, 8.15, Regina does, uh, it's on Facebook. It's Anybody can see it. They just have to be on Facebook, yeah. right? 
uh, a live guided meditation breathing exercise for 15, 20 minutes or something like that. Sometimes a little um, less, like 10, it's usually 10 minutes to 15. So it's just like a solid way to start your day with the right vibration exactly. to use a 60s well term as opposed to an 80s <laughs> term. Yes. Um, okay. So you just, how would people find that? Is it just, they search for you? Give, give the uh, listeners how they can listen to that or join. Yeah. You. So there's a couple ways. Um, the easiest way is you can text me to okay. the word yoga, Y-O-G-A to 64600. And I very send nice, out simple. reminders like and it. I let people know kind of where to find me. Um, but I'm very accessible okay. on social media on Facebook. It's uh, real estate reg. I mean that too, but Regina Rose is Celeste. And then on Instagram, same thing. Uh, anything as just as a close, uh, we didn't talk about, or you want to double emphasize or, you know, what, what's your sort of take home message to parents who are trying to help their students or students who are trying to help themselves? Uh, my podcast typically is about trying to give people tools, trying to give people actions. I think the breathing exercise is fabulous. Is there anything else or anything you want to just, you know, get out there that we haven't had a chance to address. Yeah. Um, and thanks so much, Steve, for the opportunity and, and the, you know, conversation. Cause to me, it is a very powerful conversation. Like kids are our future, right there. It's not even our future. It's our now. <laughs> and when, when our kids are healthy, we're healthy. And so I think it's really important to see it as a unit. And so I do a lot with families and I have right now actually an event that I'm, putting together this month, June 27th. So let, let, let's plug your events here because you have two really valuable things coming up in July, right? Or July and in August. So let, let, yeah. Tell everybody about that, both in June. Yeah, okay, they're coming up pretty soon, actually, in two weeks. So number one is um, the first so one. So the is. first one is actually called the Peaceful Pivot Health and Wellness Conference. And on this event or at this virtual event, which is free, it is going to be an afternoon, four and a half hours of pure education and content and really speaking with experts. There's nine experts that are part of the community and sharing not just their expertise, but also strategies and tools to help your family succeed with natural health and wellness. And each specializes in a different area. So it's going to be really cool because you're going to have different aspect. And this is June, what June 27th. It's a Saturday. And that's from 12 to 4 nice. Eastern Standard Time. And then... Second event is the second event is the internal accessing internal peace workshop. And that's um, Tuesday, June 30th at six o'clock. And that's also virtual. And that's where I'm going to be sharing some tips and some very simple strategies like I did today on how to access internal peace. If people text yoga, Y-O-G-A, to 64600, would they also learn about these? They do. Um, I send out uh, reminders and, and different messages, so it's, okay. it's a good way for us. To so let, let's keep it simple. I, I, I'm going to recommend that you uh, pick up your phone, type in yoga. I'm not sure what number. I guess yoga, yoga. right? Y-O-G-A. Yep. Simple. 64600. Yep. And then you'll get in Regina's information loop. Uh Okay. Well, first of all, thank you very much uh, for taking the time. It, it's, at least where I am, it's a beautiful day today. Uh, not quite Miami weather, more like 
nice late spring Philadelphia weather here. Don't you have connections in Philadelphia? I do. You yeah, I actually, it's funny because I was going to ask you something after after we record oh, about. I will keep it offline. Yeah. yeah, no, it's great. I love. It's still here. I love visiting. <laughs> and, um, it's still here. It hasn't gone any place. Uh, it's it's uh, you know big city. Um, all right. So thank you again. Uh, my goal, my goal with this podcast and with everything I do is to give parents and students actions they can put into place to maximize their education. Most of the time that's academic, how to study, how to manage your time. In some cases, it, we're kind of going inside a little bit and learning how to deal with uh, some of the challenges and the stresses and the anxieties and whatever word you want to use of just real life uh, going to school and, and having the pressure of trying to do your best all the time. And I really appreciate Regina's just simplicity of, of how she brought this out. And I'm going to kind of throw a challenge out there to everybody. Just, just try this, right? It, there's nothing negative that can happen. If worst case is you just breathe a little more slowly for five minutes. Um, but uh, I, I think this will help everyone. So I'm very appreciative of that. Last thing I want to tell you really quick is, um, that we are starting a series. If you are a parent who was stuck at home during the COVID shut-in, or if you're still stuck at home, having to work at home, and you had to homeschool your children or oversee your children's homeschool, I am looking for parents who would like to be interviewed, although I don't really love that. We're going to say have a conversation about your experience. You can do it anonymously if you want. You can go on record if you want. Uh, but I really want honest feedback. What worked? What didn't work? Was it positive? Was it negative? What was positive? What was negative? Uh, because what I'm trying to do is put together a, a consortium of ideas that can help people if we have to move forward with this. I have a feeling in September, we're not done with virtual learning yet uh, in the way that we've seen it. And, and I, I'm trying to be the strongest resource I can for everyone. So, Regina, let's hear it from the audience here. I love it. Yes, we are live in the studio. There's about 500 people here cheering wildly. Very fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, there we go. So I will, I will see you uh, somewhere. Regina and I are actually taking a class together, but uh, so I'll see her at that Thursday night. And uh, that's how we connected. So get out there and network, meet some people, meet some like-minded people, meet some people to help support what your goals are and roll from there. So until next time, Steve Green, the success doctor. Regina Rosa Celeste, the internal peace revolutionist, and we will see you next time. You've been listening to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe. For more resources and support, please visit makethegrade.net.